And welcome back, Rammies. Welcome back to almost the end. I know. I can't believe it went by so fast. I know. Well, it's not over yet. We're halfway through right now. That is true. Don't say it's the end when it's just the beginning. <laughs> and, that, and there it is. Yeah. But truly, if you guys are liking Old Hollywood, you know where to find us. You do. And there's so much more to talk about. It has been so hard. But I, now I don't even remember what it was like to choose a subject before we had a themed month. I know, because that is what makes me nervous. But it's been good because a few of you have been reaching out to us on our social media at Right Answers Mostly mm-hmm. on Instagram and TikTok. And TikTok. Don't forget about it. We see you, Gen Z. We do. We see you and we raise you. And we need you. It, we, we need you. And you guys have been reaching out with subjects that you want and so helpful. It really is. <sighs> it has just begun. We can always come back to this. Yep. How are you doing, Tess? I'm good. It's a Friday. Yes. You guys know we love recording on a Friday Uh, to break the fourth wall. Yeah. We we need to honestly speak to you guys. Um, Yeah. We we played with my dog, played with Blanche. Blanche, if you guys know. a local celebrity. She is. She is not quite a dog, not quite a kangaroo, but somewhere in the mix in between. She is so cute. They had a little play date. Claire and I out eight outside we had mendo oh, mendocino farms if you know you know if you know you know the best salads in la the crunch the crunch addicted to the crunch the dressing oh it's all so good mm. so how the hell are you i'm good i'm like having a low-key weekend which is nice i've been nice. going on like really long walks mm. i just got birkenstocks and i'm not taking them off this is a new phase for you of like California chic. You are cool. You are so Venice. Thank you so much. I've lived in LA for 10 years now and I finally got the Birkenstocks. And so I Ugh. think now it's officially official. I feel like your style from at least when I met you has evolved into like, I feel like when I met you, you were a bit more I'm like Southern, but like a bit more girly. There was also like, I went through a phase that was mm-hmm. tough. That's like kind of like, rocker chic <laughs> wait really <laughs> with like Was wear leather jackets you? and like bandanas as like necklaces i don't we know if you remember it. my choker that was a huge like gym it was tough yes but we met each other in 2017 and some of you guys might have been on your fashion game i was not i was not either so. we can post some photos ever um, evolving it was a weird time for fashion because like it wasn't as bad as 2014 nothing's ever as bad as 2014 2012 but it, but was it was in a purgatory yeah and it's almost the most uncomfortable when fashion's fashion fashion is in a purgatory yeah like you'd wear that pink dress the off the shoulder dress oh, like I a little like all the time you just were so cute and now Aww. you just like i mean i love your style always but now you're very you're very venice to me wow you are really pumping me up i just try i think my style icon right now well always Haley bieber i mean everyone's gonna say it sorry guys sorry <sighs> I know. you like it or you don't but also amanda patula it's like tomboy, it's hot, but it's still like a little little mm. burst of feminine. Yeah. Thank you. Hot. And I, I mirror your sentiments with you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. But guys, we are back again for another episode of Old Hollywood mm. Month. And as always, we have a cocktail. T- Tess has opted for a Japanese beer. I have. And I love I love Japanese beers. It just sounds so good. I feel like we drink a lot of wine this week. Yeah, we have. And like even after we went to that trivia, I felt like a little hungover. Yeah, 
saying it. I was like too embarrassed to text you guys, but I was like, I do not feel good. Okay, no, Tess, it's been hitting me. I think this is what comes with age. Mm. Although, mm-hmm. at, like last night, I was like, yeah, I had like a glass of wine at Allison's and a little bit of whiskey. And then when I got to Winston, I had two cocktails. And for some reason, I feel bad. <laughs> for whatever reason, my head is on fire. It's crazy. But we're right back to it. And I'm having whiskey on the rocks. It's just been really hitting with old Hollywood. You're on theme. You're always dedicated to the theme. Thank you. I would have a dirty martini if I could, but it's hard to make sometimes. Oh, it's a lot of um, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of commitment. It is. But we're also going to be smoking a new joint that we are so excited to try. We love this brand. It's Drew Martin mm-hmm. brand, um, and we'll post photos. But the packaging is so curated. Blanche, 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 come here. Blanche wants to get out. She doesn't like when we start talking about a joint. <laughs> you should be used to it, Blanche. Say, don't hot box the room, please. <laughs> yeah, she's like, get me out of here. But they're just so beautiful. They're like botanical inspired joints that are meant to be like a lighter. Yes. Smoking with friends, socializing. A more social joint, which is so nice because I started getting into weed in 2020, which mm. means that I was smoking, you know, with Corey and Allison at home alone. Yes. Sometimes it can be really tough to be high and in a group, but like, I feel like this is specifically what these joints are made for. Yeah, so I think it's a little bit more balanced. Like mm-hmm. the THC isn't as strong, right? Yeah, and it and they have some like nice herbs added into there. And it's also perfect for recording because sometimes... Uh, sometimes you need to stay on tough. track. But you also <laughs> want to feel a little uplifted. But we're smoking one that's a hybrid. It's rose petal and peppermint. Ugh. You can literally see the roses in it because it's, it's kind so of translucent. Beautiful. And it's just great. They, uh, they grow on a female-founded farm in Mendocino County. Mendocino. And we're so excited to light this shit up. I know, let's light it up. Shout out to Drew Martin. Follow on Instagram. Yeah, thank you guys so much for sending this over. We're very excited. Oof. I just light this on fire. (laughs) Light my mic on fire. It was worth it. It's always worth it, isn't it? Honestly, I need a little bit of uplifting for this one, too. So, oh, stunning. Sorry, guys, you've never seen us really uh in action in action but i feel like we always do a pin if we do it too oh that is nice oh my god the aftertaste is like pep- like a peppermint candy that is light oh sorry i know that's not a great sound <laughs> might as well be eating a banana <laughs> a banana is in so specific a banana is tough but i do kind of like it um this is a gorgeous joint it really is it's so packed wow. so tightly drew martin we see you we see you and we love you keep it coming keep it coming <laughs> i know if you hear a little lighter sound throughout the episode you know what that is uh, yeah and you like it we do so what the hell are we talking about claire okay tess so i feel like this woman is just synonymous with old hollywood she is old hollywood and God bless her. She had a really tough go at it, but she lives on and her legacy, I feel like, will never die. I am doing Mm. the one, Mm. the only Judy Garland. It had to be done. It had to be. And I was a little nervous. I didn't know if you wanted to take it. No, I've never felt like... I don't know much about her. I watched the movie mm-hmm. with Renee Zellweger, but I hardly remember it. I think that's more about her later, like the last like few years of her life. Yes. So I don't know much about like the entire... I know. I wish I could have rewatched that movie. It came out... 2019 or something like that and she won an oscar for it renee zellweger did i mean she did an incredible job she was so good um 
I mean, yeah, all I remember feeling is like we don't protect these people, these stars. No. Well, you know that Liza Minnelli didn't actually support the movie, her daughter, Liza Minnelli. And she was basically like, it's Renee Zellweger is an incredible woman. She's a credible actor. She basically, I think, was kind of just like, enough is enough. Stop talking about my mom. And I don't want it to be like this, which I'm sorry, Liza Minnelli. We're going to talk about her. Liza Minnelli is Judy Garland's daughter. You did not know. I may have heard this once and was shocked. I think I always forget. I always. Yes. But she like res- she really does resemble her and Christian or so her voice. Did fart? <laughs> Do you smell that? No, I think she farted. <laughs> Blanche is really making herself known, guys. I'm gonna take a picture and make sure and check our Instagram at Right Answers Mostly, and we will have it posted. It's hilarious. Okay, so Liza Minnelli. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that's her daughter. Yeah, Liza Minnelli resembles Judy Garland and Christian. Also, Liza Minnelli. One of my favorite roles of hers is on Arrested Development. I never watched Arrested Development. What? Oh my God, you okay. have to I watched to watch the first it. season. You and your dog are Lucille and Buster. So I've always said this. <laughs> you have to watch it. Gosh, I feel like I keep going for this joint, but it is like light and it just tastes so good. It's so nice. We cannot get over it, you Ooh. guys. Yeah, um, so that's picture. all you know about Judy? Um, I know that there was some, some darkness. <sighs> I think, from what I think I know, there was drugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And that The Wizard of Oz, Oz was not a good time. We'll talk about The Wizard of Oz. And that's all I know. Well, that's a great starting point. Honestly, as we get into it, I do want to give like a little bit of a trigger warning that we will talk about sexual assault. We'll talk about eating disorders. Old Hollywood was really not kind to anyone except if you were Louis B. Mayer. Oh, God, ain't that the truth? He's a monster. Were they just as bad to the men, you think? Okay, so as... We'll talk about Mickey Rooney, and I think that like he he got treated pretty poorly, but it's a man's world. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It was never as bad for them. Right. I think unless you were like a gay man and like couldn't live your truth, really, it wasn't as bad. Yeah, it still would not be a life I would want to lead, but no, or live for what? For what? For what? So shall we get into it? Yes. Okay. Let's take it away. I'm so excited. Okay. So Judy Garland. Judy Garland was born Frances Ethel Gum. <laughs> that that was her original name. Last name was Gum. Gum. On June 10th, isn't that Katie's birthday? Katie. Katie Gemini Queen. Jim and I. In 1922 in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Minnesota. Mm. Always from the Midwest. Yes, exactly. Always like homegrown. Mm-hmm. So she was the youngest of three children of Frances Gum and Ethel Marion. So her parents gave her the like Jamie Lynn Spears thing where it's, they both named her their first, both of the first names. Guys. Stop it. Stop. It's weird. Just pick one. Yeah, pick one. It like feels really strange that it's both of their names. It does. I'll never understand that. If you guys don't know, Jamie Lynn Spears, her mom's name is... Jamie Lynn? No, Wait. her mom... I mean, they're both female names. Jamie must be her dad. And Lynn must be her mom. Yes. And her name's Jamie Lynn. <laughs> Can't. Get creative. Yeah, seriously. So her parents were vaudeville actors who settled in Grand Rapids to run a movie theater that featured vaudeville acts. And like at the time, vaudeville's like kind of like comedy. It was like very lowbrow. I mean, I'm sure we would have loved it. I'm sure. It's just right up for Alley. <laughs> exactly. Was it like going to like a housewives like 
like Luann's cabaret night. It's like a variety show. Okay. Yeah, exactly. We can only speak in Housewives references. That's the only way the world makes sense, really. Oh, truly. So Judy was called Baby by her family, and she was a performer from the start. Her first stage performance was at two and a half years old. She later reveals in 1963, the only time I felt wanted when I was a kid was when I was on stage performing. And that's tough. Don't you think that's so many theater kids? So many. <laughs> like where I feel wanted, where I feel belonged, where I feel alive. Where I feel validated. Yeah. The, I mean, it is like a drug. It is. And like, I think there's a certain type of person that's prone to wanting to be an actor. Exactly. Well, I don't think she really had a choice because her parents were vaudeville actors and mm. immediately with the girls, they were like, and go. I mean, two yeah. and a half is so young. Oh, geez. Yeah. I mean, you don't even know what validation you need at two and a half. Exactly. It, it will continue. Yeah. <laughs> we can time. tell you the tale. <laughs> So her home life was tumultuous. Her father, Frank, had affairs with young men. And when I found on biography.com, like teenage boys. Oh, no. Yeah. So that's tough. He was closeted. He was closeted. And and, a pedophile? And a pedophile. Exactly. And so when rumors, like when the town started talking in Minnesota, they were like, we've got to move to California because it was starting to get out. (sighs) But I think her parents stayed together, which is also like tough. It was a different time. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, and so her mom immediately goes into stage mom mode with Judy and her two sisters, and she begins managing them and working to get them into the movies immediately in California. Mm, the momager. The momager. We've seen this before. It also gives me big cat energy. Totally. You know, it's, it's all right there. Yep. So, oh, this is so hard. Ethel, her mom, was the first person to put 10-year-old Francis, or Judy, on diet pills. Yeah, her mom. Amphetamines in the morning, um, or sorry, on a diet of pills, but I'm sure some of that was for weight. Yeah. Amphetamines in the morning and sleeping pills at night. Holy shit. Yeah, at 10. Do you think her mom did that to her? Like, how does she know... To, I mean, that's such an intense thing to do to a 10 year old yeah I think that her mom was probably her mom must have been on them too also I feel mm. like I mean people knew that those pills were bad back then but I don't know if they knew how bad they were this was in like the 40s this was in the 30s oh so yeah they're probably just like hey can keep my kid energetic yes exactly and when she needs them, to sleep yeah, make them sleepy <laughs> yeah. it's like all the things that every parent really wants exactly but, but it do doesn't that. act on <laughs> yeah. so the sisters um start popping up in shorts in like hollywood and they toured vaudeville circuits as the gum sisters but by 1934 they knew they needed to change their names because the audience would laugh when they would say like announce them because of their last name I mean, it's not the sexiest last name. No, that's when maybe a name change could have been. And so it was. So she oh. cha- they changed their name to Garland. I couldn't find exactly why Garland. And then um, Frances Ethel uh, changed her name to Judy after she was inspired by a popular Haggy Cormichael song named oh. Judy. Hey. And it's a really cute song. Heaven sent her to be my Judy, my Judy. It's a beautiful name. It is. It's just it's so chic. It is. And it's like so of the time. Truly. So Judy Garland, she was. She actually says um, a quote from Judy Garland. Actors live in a queer sort of double world. Not many of us have the names or identities we were born with. I don't associate. Fr- I Sorry. I don't associate Frances Gum with me. She's a girl I can read about the way other people do. I, Judy Garland, was born when I was 12 years old. That's wild. I need a sip. Do I take a sip after that? <laughs> Damn. Like already, it's like, wow. It's happening. Mm-hmm. So, in September 1935, 
Louis B. Mayer, who is the head of MGM. We talked about him in our first old Hollywood episode. Hate him. Oh, wait. Hate him. Hate him. No, for sure. I mean, if you don't know now, you'll know by the end. Yes. Um, he asked an employee to go down to the Orpheum uh, Theater in downtown Los Angeles, which is still there today. Stunning. To watch the Garland Sisters vaudeville act and report back to him. And a few days later, Judy and her dad go to MGM for an audition. Um, which apparently the MGM studios were in Culver City. I think it might be where the Sony studios are now. Oh, maybe. So interesting. Guys, we want to go on like a Rammy field trip. I mean, that's my ultimate dream is to have a show where we just go everywhere we talk about. Does that wine festival still happen at Sony every summer? I don't even know what this is. We'll look into it. Yeah, we'll report back. <laughs> so we will. Garland performed two songs. And was just like signed on the dot. They were like, we've never heard a voice so great. She didn't even do a screen test, nothing. Damn. It was just like done. Um, her contract tied her to MGM for seven years. And Garland was making $100 a week, which in today's money, uh, the calculator uh, is a little over 2000 or 2000 Yeah, dollars a week. And she's like 12. So not bad. 13, not bad. And this is also during the Great Depression. So this is like a big oh, deal for her. Yeah. Yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Well, so also not long after she signed her contract, her her father died and she was left in the care of her mother, whom Garland later called the real Wicked Witch of the West. I mean, if her mom put her on those pills at 10, I would say, yeah. Oh, that like gives me, my tummy hurts a little bit. Right, because it's already like, okay, so she just doesn't have anyone looking after her then. Yeah. Officially. That's so sad. It's and no so siblings. Sad. She has two older sisters, but they're off doing oh, their own thing. Right, right. And I kind of feel like once she got signed to MGM, it's like a whole different world that you're just sucked into. And they probably like resented her. I know, because it's like the youngest one gets the mm-hmm. fame. So the early MGM days um, show Judy's lifelong struggles with addiction, body image, and mental health, largely fueled by the studio's determination to mold her into a profitable profitable box office star because they didn't really know what to do with her because at 13 she was too old to be a child star like shirley temple yeah but she was too young for adult roles and she was only four foot and 11 half inches she was so tiny so small that's like how all the kardashian looks except for chloe and kendall no well so but that's your different like, <laughs> yeah. conspiracy Ours, theories so yeah exactly that's coming to our patreon yes, just so is. you know um, so she was like also very too cute in like girl next door look. And so she didn't exactly have like the glamour of a leading female performer at the time. Yeah. I think at that time it's like you were cute or you were super sexy, but exactly. there was like no, like there's no in between. There's nothing else. Exactly. But also she had the talent of a leading lady, but they're like, but they said she didn't have the look of it. So it's like, what the fuck do we do with I you? I thought she was so beautiful. I th- okay. Was she like not pretty no, at that time? That is what I, I guys, I don't understand why they keep, they were so horrible to her. Cause I'm like, that is a gorgeous woman. She's absolutely gorgeous. And she, and she is as like a 13 year old adorable. I, I'm so confused by that. Yeah. I feel like this always happened to her where people are like, she's the ugly duckling. Yes. And I'm like, in what world? Like, well, in this world, it, that's not true. a good world. And this is the only world where that would make De- sense. World of delusion and exactly. men making decisions. And there it is. So um, Garland went to school with, also she went to school at MGM. They had like a schoolhouse on the lot because they, they signed the most child actors, which is really creepy to me. Oh, so they'd just be like teachers that yeah. they like. There was one teacher apparently in this big schoolhouse oh. on the MGM lot. And um, she and Judy went to school with Ava Gardner, Lana Turner, Elizabeth Taylor, quote, 
real beauty, said <gasps> Charles Walters, who directed her in a number of films. He said, Judy was the big moneymaker at the time, a big success, but she was the ugly duckling. I think it had a very damaging effect on her emotionally for a long time. I think it lasted forever, really. Oh, you think? <laughs> I'm like, because dicks like you are calling her an ugly duckling. That is just so crazy. Isn't that, That's why I'm like, I don't get it. But so then she's going to school with Elizabeth Taylor and... Ava Gardner and so, it's, so she's like fuck it doesn't feel good yes, to be around anyone exactly and people are telling her that uh, and they probably yeah they they probably all made the girls like not trust each other you compete know? with each other you know they did it wasn't like a good environment no and her insecurity was um just heightened by the attitude of the studio chief Louis B Mayer who referred to her as his little hunchback that was his nickname for her and that's like what he called her. She's like 13. Yeah. Oh, my God. Horrific. 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 So um, during her early years at the studio, she was photographed to look like the plain next girl next door. They had her wear removable caps on her teeth and rubberized discs to reshape her nose. Because they were like, she's not hot enough, but she's not ugly enough no and so they're just like trying to do everything that they could and for a while she wasn't getting cast because they didn't know what to do with her but they're like but she can sing better than anyone i've ever heard Mm. well so she even though she was signed with them she wasn't cast anything she was kept super busy because in the morning they would have school and then she would have vocal coaching and dance lessons and in the afternoon and at night she was often required to sing at studio events and dinner parties for various mgm people uh, so she was like, like they probably thought of her as like a cheap like talent, you know? It's like a puppet that you're yeah, literally yeah. like, you're signed to a contract. You have to do everything that we tell you to do, even if you're not making any movies right now. Yeah, like, well, you come sing at the Christmas party. You know, well, it's like that like gross. This is gross. So one of the events that she had to sing, Judy was brought to sing at a surprise birthday party for Clark Gable, who was such a hot so man. Oh hot. my God. Oh my God. But much older than her. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was decided that she would sing, You Make Me Love You to Gable. And basically, they're like, the whole song is about falling in love with this man. And so they were like, act like you're his biggest fan and all of that. So she sings that. At the end, Clark Gable went up to 14 year old Judy no. and kissed her. In front of everyone. On the mouth? Yep. Kissed her. She then looks over at Louis B. Mayer, who had his arms outstretched, and she ran over to him and sat on his lap. Yeah. And it's just like, this is a party that a child, like a 14-year-old, is at with all these grown men acting inappropriately with her. Oh, and she has no one to even talk to. She can't go home to her mom or dad and be like, this made me feel weird. Yes. What's happening? And the other kids are going through the same things. We're all like, I don't know. It all seems fucked up. <laughs> it's like, and there's like no one there to protect them. No one. Like even on set, people that want to probably be too scared to. Exactly. Well, after that night, Judy became very busy. They like were finally like, Clark Gable loves her. Let's put her in the movies. Who do you think Clark? I don't think, I think there would be accounts of that because she's been very she was very candid about the things that happened to her and like her biographers. About yeah. It, and I never saw anything about that. That's insane. I mean, he kissed her a 12 year old. It's fucking gross. 14, but it's just, or, I'm yeah, not, not correct it's better. So MGM finally like found the role that they needed for her when they put her, uh, they paired her with Mickey Rooney and in a string of what they, what was known back then as backyard musicals. Oh, 
I don't know what that means. I think it means like kind of teeny boppery, wholesome. Like Mary Kane Ashley straight to DVD. Exactly. Straight like to VHS, that. I'm sorry. <laughs> we weren't even there yet. <laughs> and they just like keep, they just start pumping out those movies. And it's always the same story. Mm-hmm. Mickey Rooney is the lead guy. Short King. Short King. Judy Garland is um, the girl next door who's always in love with him. And he's never in love with her. And she's basically there to help him get like be the sounding board till he gets the girl that he actually wants. And this was also exactly how it was in real life. She was in love with him? Yes. <gasps> okay. Wait, was he? he? Okay, this is what I am so confused. Mickey Rooney, I am not attracted to him in the slightest. I am think, I, that I, am I thinking of someone else in my head? He also married Ava Garner. And he and Lana Turner had a thing. Okay, this is exactly who I thought. He's not cute. No, and this and everyone was like saying how hot he was and how ugly Judy was. I was like, are you guys blind? I'm looking at photos of them together right now. How cute is she? She's adorable. I'm at, I'm, 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 I'm at, at a loss, loss for, for words. I really am. It's so crazy. I mean, I mean, no disrespect, but he's not an attractive man. I know. I literally put in my notes. Am I missing something? So... <laughs> Uh, it's tough it's tough for her yeah um, but they were in so many movies together and garland was also um was often making two or three movies at a time three hours of early morning school were followed by singing rehearsal and then a day of shooting sometimes these marathons wouldn't finish until five in the morning there's like no unions back then was she still getting paid decently it was the set contract so it didn't matter how many movies she made <gasps> she was getting paid a hundred dollars a week isn't that crazy Damn. So Judy stated that she, Rooney, and other young performers were constantly prescribed amphetamines to stay awake and keep up with the frantic pace of making one film after another. They were also giving barbi- given barbiturates to take before going to bed so they could um, so they could sleep. Quote: They had us working days and nights on end. They give us pills to keep us up on our feet after long after we were exhausted. Then they take us to the studio hospital and knock us out with sleeping pills. Mickey sprawled out on one of the beds and me on another garland told paul donnelly then after four hours they'd wake us up and give us pet pills again so we could work 72 hours in a row half of the time we were hanging from the ceiling but it was a way of life for us how dark to imagine them taking these kids to a hospital bed i was just gonna say that's owned by the studio it's so disgusting so, like, they probably like the doctors are probably like giving them fake things. Like they're like, oh, this will make you feel better. But the studios are like, no, actually do something to make them skinnier. Like they're giving, I don't even think the studios were like, keep this hush hush. They were like, like, we're giving this to you. So you stay awake and then you need to go to sleep now. And you also need to stay thin. Oh my God. And they're all so small. They're so young. Their bodies haven't even developed. No. So they like literally just have now a dependency probably on them. A hundred percent. Well, this is what makes me mad. Mickey Rooney, however, denied their studio was responsible for her addiction. He says, Judy Garland was never, Never given any drugs by um, Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Mr. Mayer didn't sanction anything for Judy. No one that was responsible for Judy Gar or no one on that lot was responsible for Judy Garland's death. Unfortunately, Judy chose that path. Judy chose that path. Why of her mother giving her pills? Why is he being like this? Or were they not friends at the end? I think that they were, but again, I think it's like was a man's world back then, and he kind of also didn't want to like face it seems like he was in denial about what was going on there he hadn't accepted it yet because he's like i don't want to go down that trauma exactly but it's like but you gotta do you think a 14 year old is asking for pet pills and sleeping pills for fun it, just don't comment on it like at least yeah. don't like completely 
It's just sad. It makes me sad for her because he was her co-star for so long. And it seems like she was just really alone in it. Like she trusted him. And then he was like, yeah, Judy is crazy. Yeah, exactly. Although he did apparently give her like a huge piece of acting advice before they did one of their big films. Um, In like one of her first, he takes her aside and he was basically like, make like the word or make the words like you're singing it. And she said, that's what really changed it. And that's how she found out how to put emotion into her words. It's like how she put emotion into her songs. I know. She did love to sing, didn't she? And she had, what, that voice, wow. Yeah. It's amazing. Damn. But again, like with all, this is, this story is just tragic. Um, She was also put on a strict diet of chicken broth, cigarettes, black coffees, et cetera. Like I know there's stories about when she would, she wasn't allowed to hang out with people her age because they would be like going to the soda shop and like getting milkshakes and stuff. That's right. And so she was like, she would ask for lunch and they instead would just bring her like a bowl of chicken broth. And then that dick, Louis B. Mayer, is calling her a hunchback. Oh, so she probably has such body dysmorphia. Oh, from the start. And she's getting compared to all the leading ladies. I know. I just want to give, I truly just want to like give her a hug and be like, you have one friend. Yes, exactly. In this world. Like one person. And I don't know if she did. It doesn't sound like it. At any point. Well, so I kept trying because I was like all of this stuff is just so sad and I don't want my whole episode to just be about the trauma that this woman Mm -hmm. faced so I tried to find some things but then I also just found this quote um, and it says my life was a combination of absolute chaos and absolute solitude and I I truly think the studio system just sucked the life out of her and she started so young she probably yeah she doesn't remember like anything else but this exactly exactly but so she's doing these um you know backyard musicals with mickey rooney but in 1938 when she was 16 she gets her big break as dorothy gale and the wizard of oz and this is like what will one of the defining moments of her career yeah she actually had a hard time with that later because everyone just wanted to see her as dorothy and she's like mm. i don't want to be dorothy she's like sarah jessica parker she's like i don't want to be seen as carrie but i'm like aren't you carrie though is Ju- judy garland dorothy no it's not <laughs> i actually just haven't seen that many of her movies so to me i'm Same, like actually yes. i actually haven't seen that many of her movies either but dorothy is just like a young girl from kansas no i know what you mean but sarah jessica parker is is carrie it's carrie and there's no way around it that's why i just keep doing the reboots because Uh it's what people want from you it's true and it's what she has sjp so um yeah so originally actually a little fun fact the role was supposed to go to shirley temple oh Mm -hmm. was it are they like the same age? No, Judy Garland, I think, was a few years older than her. I think Ju- Ju- uh, Shirley Temple, why I cannot talk today, is um, like an actual kid. And she's 16 mm, at the time. She was a cute little thing, wasn't she? Shirley Temple? Yeah. So cute. So sweet. She would be a great one to do. Because I don't know that much about her, but I remember having VHS cassette tapes of hers. Yes, and remember she was in Heidi? No. I don't think I ever saw that. Uh, she was just, I was like, you're a great actress. I give this woman an, uh, an Emmy. <laughs> I mean, she probably, did she do TV at some point? Perhaps. Well, this isn't a Shirley Temple episode, no, no. so we'll check back. Um, but because it was supposed to be Shirley Temple, they tried to make Dorothy as young as possible. Like, try to make Judy Garland seem as young as possible. Is that why they did pigtails? Exactly. And they did, like, a blue gingham dress because it was supposed to contort her body to look younger or something weird like that. Apparently, the wig was originally supposed to be blonde, though. Oh, yeah, like they wanted to make her kind of like bimbo. I, probably. I, yeah, yeah, I think I heard that. <laughs> so, of okay, let's talk about The Wizard of Oz because this movie is crazy. I mean, it is a crazy movie to watch, but the making of this movie... It sure is. ...is insane. Okay, to start off, of the film's 10 main cast members, 
16-year-old Judy Garland got the second lowest salary, <gasps> making more than only her canine companion, <gasps> Terry, who played Toto. Toto? <laughs> I, I love that the dog's real name was Terry. He's like, uh, that's my stage name. <laughs> so <laughs> get it right. <laughs> but she, he. How did he, that happen? He's the only cast member that she didn't make more than. Even the even then it's so crazy i know she's even the literally Oompa-loompas? the they're um munchkins are that what's oompa loompa they're um munchkins <laughs> i'm so sorry i like i don't mean to offend the oompa loompas or the munchkins oh my god Can i have that lighter oh yeah why not uh so she got paid more than the um the munchkins <laughs> She got paid less. Oh, oh, I mean, no, wait. I don't know if that's true because it said the 10 main cast members. Oh, okay. So but I was still, still but I guess Toto made its way into being the top So then 10. who else is in there? The Scarecrow, um, Tin Man, Cowardly Lion, mm. Wicked Witch of the West, Glinda. Oh, Glinda. The Wizard. Okay. Toto. Toto. <laughs> Toto. Toto. I don't know who the other two would be. It's a mystery. Let us know if you're the final two. Well, I, all I know is that Judy Garland didn't get paid as much as they did. That is crazy. Crazy. Okay, so the original <laughs> Tin Man. Do you want any of this? Oh, sure. It's just so good. I know, it really is. So the original Tin Man... Oh, God. The guy that we see in the movie is not the real guy. He was rushed to the hospital after he woke up screaming from violent cramping in his hands, arms, and legs. It's not okay. <laughs> and he had difficult breathing. He re- uh, he had difficulty breathing. He remained on on an ox or in an oxygen tent for two weeks, recovering from the pure <gasps> aluminum he had ingested in his lungs. They put real aluminum, like paint on yes, his on his face, and that's like his skin apparently like turned blue at one point. And here's the thing: the um, studio wasn't like, "Oh my god, you just rest up, you feel better." They got so pissed, so they fired him and hired the new guy. <laughs> Can you even? That it's horrific. The scarecrow had scars on his face from the rubber prosthetic ma- um, mask that he had to wear, and he said he felt like he was suffocating wearing it. He's like that thing did not breathe at all. Did they just not know about like costumes and makeup in that time, or were they being cheap and like shitty? It has to be a combination of both because it's like if you're like, hey, listen, I can't breathe, they were probably like, shut up. Yeah, I mean, like, don't, I feel like they would just be mean about it. Mm-hmm. They've got to get the shot. I, I mean, they fired a man who was on oxygen for two weeks because of them. <laughs> He's literally just like, beep, beep. And they're like, fired. Fired. Disgusting. Um, <laughs> okay, this part. Sadly for the actors playing the Tin Man, Scarecrow, and the Cowardly Lion, they were also banned from eating lunch inside the MGM cafeteria because the sight of, <laughs> the sight of them eating and their makeup was de- <laughs> Was deemed too disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. They're like, we're just so hungry. We're just so tired. And they're like, you can't eat in here. You look like, sick. We didn't choose this makeup. We didn't choose this role. I don't even want to be here. We're underpaid. I know, poor guys. Oh my god. Um, the snow that when she's sleeping in the poppy fields had um, asbestos. It was crystal crystal asbestos, which that, causes cancer. Wasn't that in Babylon where they're just like. <laughs> dumping asbestos on them <laughs> it's like actually happened um the effects team accidentally caught the wicked witch of the west on fire 
god and when she like returned back from her like burn scars that was the first scene they made her film again was that fire scene they torture people oh my god that's so sad so the cowardly lion like what the introduction when he's like crying Mm -hmm. um because he's a cowardly lion dorothy um or sorry judy like was laughing because she was like she just had the giggles it's hilarious to see this man do this the director pulls her aside and slaps her in the face and was like, stop laughing. You're wasting our time <gasps> in front of everyone. Yep. Oh, my God. And the worst of it, obviously, um, is that the according to Judy's third husband, the munchkins would make Judy's life miserable on set by putting their hands up her dress. <laughs> Sorry. I'm really sorry. I'm not meaning to no, laugh. No, it's truly It's so insane. horrific. Exactly. Insane. I'm like, these munchkins have ruined everything. It's crazy. I saw like not that long ago, like the last living one has passed. <laughs> sorry, we're going to hell. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that whole well, movie. Well, they to be good people if they were sexually harassing her. Yeah, no kidding. That whole movie is like, obviously one of the most iconic movies ever now but like crazy making it because it's like they did so many things because it's one of the first <laughs> Blanche is scratching my foot she was just scratching mine she's, she's truly upset yeah. um it, it just was crazy i i do like that movie but you know when you're like i never want to watch a movie again yes that's I, how i feel about it the flying monkeys are terrifying everything about it is it feels like a fever dream. It does. And it's not comforting to no, me. No, it is a little scary, but I kind of want to rewatch it again. But it is scary. Um, it was revolutionary. It was. But also at this time is like really when sexual harassment started for for Judy. Um, Louis B. Mayer would go up to her and put his hand on her left breast and say, just remember to sing from the heart. And then would assault her then. He did this for years. And finally, after years, she said... Mr. Mayor, don't you ever do that again? Which I think it probably just was her growing up and yeah. like, uh, you know. Good for her that she was able to say that. Because it's scary, like to say that mm-hmm. to your boss. So she says, Mr. Mayor, don't you ever do that again? And he cried and said, How can you say that to me, to me who loves you? Oh no, there's some um, not good stuff happening. Really scary power dynamics. Yeah. Really disgusting. I mean, Refinery 29, like we said in our first episode, said that he was the Weinstein of this time. He's like a sociopath. Yeah, he's scary. Um, so yeah, that was really tough. But The Wizard of Oz obviously is huge. It's a huge success. And really, it's her big break. She wins an honorary uh, juvenile academy award. Oh. Which I've never heard of that before. Neither. Basically like kids Oscar. Because um, you can't win. Wait. You can. Oh yeah. Anna Paquin woman. She was like so tiny. It's That's so true. crazy. But I don't know if it was just at this time you couldn't. But so she wins for Dorothy. And after the film Garland was one of the most bankable actresses in the United States. But she really didn't have any time to enjoy her success because she was right back to the studio working every day. And Judy and Mickey Rooney were sent on a promotional tour that had them doing 35 live shows a week with no days off opening or as the opening act to screenings of Wizard of Oz. Oh, my God. She probably didn't even get like a raise, did she? I bet not. I bet they're like, this is your contract. Do you think like all of these stars back then were like, what's it called when you're like fake rich like you have like your cash port what's that called 
I don't know what it's called, but I feel like, yes, where it's like this money, like, are you actually rich? Yeah, like they probably buy your house and your car and diamonds. You seem rich, but like she doesn't have money of her own to spend anything like to get her out. Exactly. It's like the it's all the studio's money, Mm -hmm. really. I think that's exactly what was going on. And they liked it that way. Um, And okay, so she, it would be five years until she would get to act in a movie as sophisticated as The Wizard of Oz because she kept having to play young teeny boppery roles because again, they're like, you're the girl next door. Mm. Um, But it's ironic that she would play these teen bopper roles because she had no idea how to be a real teenager. One time, a college boy invited her to a frat party and she showed up wearing a white fur stole, like the white big shaws. (laughs) Oh, I want to sob. I know. That is like, and then all these frat guys are like, "What is she wearing?" And she's just like, "I don't fucking know because I've been brainwashed." Exactly. And my entire childhood. The parties that she's probably going to, everyone's probably wearing that. And also, she really wanted to exude. She was obsessed with this glamour that she didn't have mm. necessarily, but she wanted. I mean, she in the end was like the most glamorous person that she was. But she didn't feel glamorous. That she was told she didn't have. Yeah. It's so sad. Okay, on you must remember this. It said, she was obsessed with the kind of glamour she didn't naturally possess. The kind of blonde, big-breasted, tiny-waisted, captivating sexuality that Judy's on-screen and off-screen rival Lana Turner had in spades. She was, like, always compared to her, too. It's also of the time of, like, you're brunette. She's a blonde with big boobs. Yes, and brunettes were ugly. Glasses yeah. were ugly. Yeah. Short hair. Exactly. God. When she was 15, she developed a um, major crush on band leader Artie Shaw, who's mm-hmm. 12 years her senior. Mm-hmm. Um, I found some reports saying it was, like, her first official adult romance, but I found a lot of reports saying that he literally thought of her as, like, a kid sister, and she was in love with him, <sighs> and the feelings were not reciprocated at all. We've all been there. Yeah. We have, especially when you're young like, like truly, this. Truly, it has happened to everyone. This is tough. Either way, she was in love with him, and he didn't feel that way. In 1940, he eloped with Lana Turner. No. So who that's was why like, they were, like, actually, like enemies yeah like off screen because mickey rooney also had a thing with lana turner it's like every man that judy garland was in love with how did mickey rooney get lana turner how did he get ava garner how did he get all of these women maybe he just had like a really good personality short king energy funny yeah charismatic exactly he was like the leading kid on the mgm lot yeah god yeah god. so that's tough but then she begins a relationship with david rose who was married at the time mm-hmm. and he was also 12 years her senior but on her 18th birthday, he gives her an engagement ring. Ew. And he's still married. Ew. And she's 18. So, yeah. <laughs> but the studio and her mom were like, absolutely not. You're not allowed to marry him because we didn't plan this for you and he's married. So they wait a year until his divorce is final. And then they get married and they separate a year and a half after that. Was she like actually in love with him? Or do you think she just like wanted some sort of security? I think it was the latter but i think she would say at that time like obviously i'm in love with him right just like hindsight but like he's a married man who's 12 years older than her you know was he hot i can't remember 
it's Artie Sean that David Rose was like a band leader. He's like a major clarinet player. I mean, oh wow, <laughs> these men, how interesting! I know. And so I assume David Rose is like kind of in that category, but I actually didn't look up a picture of him, which is crazy. We'll, we'll post. I can't wait to like see all of them. I know, same. Um, unfortunately, in 1941, also, Garland had to have an abortion while pregnant with Rose's child at the insistence of her mother in the studio since the pregnancy wasn't previously approved by the studio. This also happens with Ava Gardner and... There's a few other people. This was not like an uncommon thing. Oh, my God. That the people and a lot of women would end up a lot of women um, actors at that time would end up adopting kids because they would want kids. But the studio were like, you can't get pregnant and be out of work. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. That's so dark. Oh, God. I know. This is actually she has another one later in her life for the same reason with a different man. Oh, Jesus. It's so sad. And you just know that, like, that was probably at, like, the studio, like, creepy hospital where, like, who was even doing that to her, you know? Exactly. And it was all very hush-hush. Like, they would hire publicists to, like, make up stories about, like, why they would be off the scene for, like, a few weeks. It's really dark. That's so sad. And it's really scary. I mean, I'm sure that happened... A lot. A lot. And, like, more recently than we would even like to think, I I bet. I know. I know. Um, in 1944, though, she at 21 years old, she finally gets the leading lady role that she deserves in Meet Me in St. Louis. Uh, what, I, what's the song again? The trolley song. Clang, clang, clang. Yes. The trolley. Uh, <laughs> mm, mm, mm. All of a sudden, a musical theater kid <laughs> come out. Blanche. <laughs> oh, man. It's so good. Are you okay, Blanche? She's not. Are you okay? None of us are. No, truly. So also there's a big song called The Boy Next Door and Have Yourself a Merry Christmas is from that movie. Oh, that's movie. right. And so this is like, finally she has a major role like Dorothy again. Um, and it was on this film that she uh, met, oh, she met Dorothy Dottie Pondle, who was a makeup artist who worked at GMM, G- MGM. And after reviewing the additions to her look, Garland was surprised when Pondle said that the caps and discs that Garland had been using like for her teeth and nose were not needed as she was a pretty girl. And it was like the first time. It just took one person. Yes, it was the first time that someone's like, why are we putting all this shit on her face? Like, she's gorgeous. So then she could take them off? Yes. And so then she didn't have to wear it for this movie. I know. Words matter. Words matter, people. (laughs) Like, Jesus Christ, that's so sad. Yeah, thank God that That someone thought that to her. I know. And it was also on this film that she meets the director, Mm. Vincent Minnelli. Minnelli. Oh, God. And that is how we get Liza. Liza. Little Liza. So he is the director on this film. And at first there was like, Blanche, you're killing me. <laughs> She's literally breaking my heart. She's just looking at us. Fine. Come here. <laughs> like, come please sit on my lap so I can get through this episode. Blanche, you're like, oh, you're too, you're too cute. <laughs> but it's killing me. Blanche is with us at all times. Okay. Um, at first, apparently, there was some conflict between them, mm-hmm. but they entered into a relationship and married on June 15th, 1945. So who knows what the conflict was? Because well, I don't. You guys can do your homework. We can only imagine. I know. Um, so they have a child, Liza, in 1946, and um, they make another great movie for Judy. <laughs> Sorry, just Blanche sitting in my It's killing me. It's like a little it's you holding a baby. <laughs> yeah. And just be like, sorry, mama's got to work. Mama's got to work. You come here. 
They um, okay, so they make another great movie for her, which is called The Clock. Which I've never, I really, I think the only Judy Garland movie I've seen is The Wizard of Oz, which is a shame. I don't think I've ever seen Meet Me in. See, I haven't. I've seen clips, and she is so great. She's so cute. She's like hot woman, mm-hmm. but she's again playing. I actually think in that movie, she's also playing the girl next door. She just wanted to be the leading lady. God, I know. Um, okay, so they ended up getting a divorce in 1951 as. Judy came home one night from the studio and found him in bed with another man. Yep. Oh, yep. my God. Yep. So she caught him in the act with another man. God, this probably happened all the time. Oh, you know it Before did. people actually came out. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. In Hollywood? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, especially in Hollywood. But yeah. Hey, you'd be surprised. <laughs> They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Gay people are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so it was in this time that her... God, every transition in this episode is just so tough. Junie, we love you. We do. Um, It's in this time that her drug and alcohol use was worsened. And in 1947, while shooting The Pirate, she suffered a nervous breakdown. Um, This is also when we see her first suicide attempt. Um, She recovered enough to finish the film and... and make another movie with Fred Astaire. But also, okay, so they send her off to a, like, kind of mental institution for a little bit. I believe it's, like, what it is. Yeah. Um, and honestly, all the studio is thinking is, like, when can you come back and work? Because you're putting delays on our production. Um, so she comes back after that film and makes Easter Parade, which is her only film with Fred Astaire. And it's a huge success. And she looked glamorous and graceful. And also worryingly thin. And it's just all so unsustainable. Yeah, it's like, yeah, like even if she has a good role, she's so unhappy. She's so unhappy. So unhealthy. She was was drinking a lot and she would miss days of work from like sleeping in and just also being really sick. But it's also like you guys are the ones who are giving her these pills. Right. And also when she got better, she came back on set and they were like, you've gained weight and you need to get down 15 pounds because she was finally healthy again. So it's like when she was underweight, like 30 pounds underweight, she was praised. Mm -hmm. And then when she was at a healthy weight, she was told that she wasn't good enough. It's so sad. This is the issue with a lot of young women. Exactly. Don't tell, don't comment on little, just don't even talk about it. No, just don't. Because you never know what someone's going through. And like, who cares about what someone's body looks like? Truly don't do it. There's so many more interesting things. If only Judy knew that. If only she knew. But within two years, MGM, the only studio Garland had ever worked for, let her go. She was missing filming days due to the pills and alcohol and exhaustion, and her weight was going up and down. Um, And it's ironic because the last film she did with with MGM was Summerstock, and that's with the musical number Get Happy. Isn't it so, like... Haunting. It's haunting. And you watch her, and she is just, like, very... um, tiny at this moment and you just know that she's struggling so much and having to sing the song so she would she get like extra pills like because they would probably give her throughout the day and then how would she get like the rest that she would like abuse i think that they They just always i think there was like a doctor on mgm a doctor i say in quotes that would like just give and i'm sure they had connections and you could just get anything you wanted and they weren't like no that's too many they were yeah good because then she'll be even like better as long as she shows up to work and does it like who cares what she's taking that's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking Um, She was so distraught that she slightly grazed her neck with a broken glass, requiring only a Band-Aid. But at the time, the public was informed that Garland had slashed her throat. 
Um, And so this is her second suicide attempt. She said, all I could see ahead of me was more confusion. Um, I wanted to block out the future as well as the past. I wanted to hurt myself and, and everyone who had hurt me. MGM puts out a press release downplaying the wounds, but playing up her hysteria. Of course. They were like, it's not a big deal. Judy's just being crazy. And so she has no one. And Gossip Magazine starts to like publish exposés on Judy Garland's life and what she's going through. God. And she still like doesn't have a partner or anything. She's just all by herself. She is single. Uh, she might be. I know I, she is single at this point. Does she have a like good relationship with her daughter? With Liza? Mm-hmm. I think I don't want to speak too much on things I don't know, but that's what we're here for. I feel like they almost raised each other in a way. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Like when Liza was 18, she was like performing with her mom. They would perform together. So Liza was also immediately in it. I mean, her dad's a director, her mom's Judy Garland. Yeah, so yeah. Jesus. It's, I mean, it's really, it's, we said this last week, like I feel like for Star's kids, it's really tough for the first ones. I know. You know? I know. God. It's it's hard. Upsetting. It is. So 1950s is kind of a turning point for Judy. It was the end of her film career as she knows it. Um, but she meets this guy, Sidney Luft. And he's quoted in a Times article as being a somewhat questionable man about town with a questionable past. <laughs> is this what the in the movie? He is the father of her two kids. So she has they have two kids together. So I think he was in the movie because okay. he was her he became her manager yes, for a little bit. That's right. Okay. Which that relationship is also really scary. Never always. do it. Never do it. Because it does it's not it, worth it. I mean it's a tale as old as time. It's truly. Um Whitney? Or Whitney. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Well Bobby like wanted to control everything. It was her mm. dad, but it's still like people who are close to you. Truly. It's scary. Don't mix position pleasure interesting as i hear the story like a lot i just i was thinking about my research about britney spears it i honestly have thought about her this entire time right where it's like no one's protecting her and, and molding she her couldn't get out even if she tried and then she also like wasn't rich exactly they, they took all the money exactly and just being a woman in the way that you're treated in this world so i just and keeping her skinny exactly that's like she kept coming up for me in this research um, yeah, I mean, nothing's really changed until yeah. recently, I think. I think so, too. And Last I hope. Like two years. I hope that it actually has, too. She does not seem to be happy over Instagram. No, I know. That's why I'm like, like still. she's free, but, like, is she? No. You've like, yeah. It's no. sad. But, like, again, she didn't stand a chance. I know. She I should know. be a mom in Louisiana living her best oh, life. She should. But, hey. God. So, so back to Judy. Mm-hmm. She didn't return to the screen until 1954 as the lead in A Star is Born, which was the first oh? remake of the 1937 film. Oh, right. There's been so many. There's been so many, which is crazy. But it's always the same story. The original actress was the one that we talked about the other day. Yeah, that we might do. Yes. Because it's like a crazy scandal. Stay tuned, kids. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot. But wow, it's also connected. I know. Isn't it crazy? So she absolutely kills this film. Because if you think about it, like this is kind of her life. Like it's it's Hollywood. It's like one of Hollywood's only films like critiquing the industry at that time. Wow, that's so true. You know? Who's the best in, in that role, you think, out of Lady Gaga? Well, I haven't seen Like I feel like everyone's going to say Barbara Streisand. Wait, is oh. that what you mean? Oh, yeah. But I haven't Wait, seen... Wait, so there's been four of these? Yes, but I haven't seen... I've only seen Lady Gaga one, I've guys. I've only I'm seen so clips. I'm so sorry. I've only seen clips. I know. 
And you know how I feel about Lady Gaga. I <laughs> I know how you do. Show. It's the ultimate theater kid energy. It is the audition tape, oh, you, guys. You know. Of A Star Is Born. We should post it. Yeah, it's tough. But as the movie, like, I feel like every time it comes out, it's like so revolutionary, or like I don't know yeah, if revolutionary is the like, word, but. People have a reaction every time, like it's the first time they've ever heard the story. Yes, it's crazy. It's like it's kind of like a just a very basic storyline. But she crushes it and kills it. And she was nominated for an Oscar, but she lost to Grace Kelly. Oh, which is again like playing into that narrative of like the beautiful blonde woman. I know, but also one of the reasons that she lost is because Warner Brothers actually kind of lost money on this movie because it was so long. They could only play it at certain theaters. And then they did a cut down version to re-put back in theaters so more people could see it. But it took out musical numbers and like story plot lines that didn't make sense. That's even worse. It's not even fair then. That's tough. I know that is tough. Um, But so then her career in the 60s is just like full of peaks and valleys. Um, She had a horrible go at hepatitis where several quarts of fluid were drained from her body. And she was told she was probably only, she probably only had five years to live and would never sing again. But she goes on to have a concert appearance at Carnegie Hall in 1961, called by many the greatest night in showbiz history. (gasps) I have chills. Uh Uh-huh. It wins her four Grammys. And like this, I think, is the most common theme I see with Judy Garland is that she's literally like, I'm going to come back. And be better than ever. Exactly. And show you all. And show you all. So, yeah. So she, like, does isn't doing really movies at this time, but she's doing lots of concerts. Um, mm. She gets a divorce from Sydney Luft at this time, and she goes on the road to Australia and marries her concert promoter, promoter Mark Hurren, in 1965, which doesn't last very long. Mm. Um, by 1966, Garland was a four-time divorcee. Jesus. Which, I mean, we see that all the time in Hollywood. We do. Today, too. And it's kind of not her fault, because, like, probably her first two marriages were, like, forced on her. Exactly. And, and with, now like, she's just like, please, anyone take care of me. Yeah, and with know? older men. And the trailer, he's like, have you ever done anything for depression for the movie? And she goes, yeah, four husbands. <gasps> and it's like that, I think. Wow. And I love a woman who can laugh at herself. I mean, I don't know if she actually said that. But Same. I do think that was kind of her sentiment of, like, I'm just trying to make it. Hey, and, you know, we all got... We're trying to get by. Yeah, exactly. Um, she also becomes broke at this time from bad business managers and being several hundred thousands of dollars in debt to the IRS. So she's having to work her ass off to pay the bills. And she is the lead in one of the most iconic movies of all time. I just felt like it was always like this. Same. But like, I don't even like, I would need a business manager. If I had a business manager now, I would trust everything that this person said. It's not her responsibility to know. Like, they should be taking care of her and doing her job. They probably honestly took, like, 80% and gave her 20. Exactly. And then, like, she just didn't pay her taxes for a few years. And she's never been taught by anyone. No. Can you imagine? I still don't even know how to do my taxes. Where where was that in high school? Seriously. I really didn't need to learn anything about a lot of things I learned. So many. So, like, Just taxes, like, laundry. Mm Mm-hmm. Buying a car. Buying a car. Yeah, what's a mortgage? Wow. You know, all those things. That's so true. All those tings. Tings. Um, so she uh, does a variety show, which she was like, in the 50s, she was like, I'm never going to do a TV series ever. And then she was like, oh, I don't really have a choice. Yeah. So she has a variety show on CBS. 
Uh, and this is like where fans really start connecting with her and really start feeling protective over her because she's on their screen like every single night. Um, one demographic in particular was that of gay men. Mm. Mm-hmm. The gay men just fell in love with Judy and what's not to love. Wow, just like Liza too. Exactly, exactly. They they both are like extreme gay icons. icons. So a 1988 music review in the LGBTQ magazine, The Advocate reads, the name Judy Garland is nearly synonymous with gayness. She is an Elvis for homosexuals, an icon who trans- transcends music to occupy rel- realms of sheer mythology. Oh my god! When I was kind of like, why? Why is she a gay icon? Like, what is it about her? And um, there's several theories as what contributed to Garland's status as a gay icon, according to Richard Dreyer, author of Heavenly Bodies, Films, and Star Society. Not only did her image speak to the different elements within male gay subcultures, but she came to represent gay men's resilience in the face of oppression. Wow! That all these men are like, look at her. Just getting on her feet again. Wow. And surviving. Damn. I know. I just thought that was like really powerful. That is powerful. And to like see a connection at that time with this woman. Mm, I love it. I do love that too. Um, By 1969, her life was, I don't like want to say down in the drain, but it like kind of was. (laughs) I just like don't know what other way to describe it. It just is like so... it's crazy. Her life was just tough the whole time. I knew this this part of the story would come. You yeah. Know? Um, she had this, but she did have this wonderful attitude of like, I can come back again. I always come back. It would just, it's time. Um, by spring, she took a fifth husband, Mickey Deans, a much younger man. I think he was 12 years younger than her. She, 12 was like oh, her age she gap. she loved that. She really did. Um, that she, and she met him because he was a runner for her pill dealer. Ladies, let's keep it separate. Let's <laughs> yeah. not let's stay focused. Let's not play in our red flags green. No, let's not. Um, they moved to London where Garland had booked a five-week nightclub gig. And she had to leave her kids back at home. She wanted to take them and she couldn't take them. But she couldn't say no to that job because she needed money. Why couldn't she take them? I don't know, so actually. Like in school? Probably. And they're like, and there's like kids. rules against, yeah. Yeah. And she probably was, you know, doing her own thing there too, you know? Yeah. My question, it, but I guess it's not really her responsibility because I'm like, Liza Minnelli was traveling with her and was like an adult basically at this time. But I'm like, what was her Liza Minnelli's dad doing in all this? It's like, just no help for her at all. And it's like, you guys share your child together. Who would the kids stay with? The, uh, I don't know that probably either. Like, probably not someone great. Yeah, not their dad, I don't think. Because like, she got full custody of, her, of the kids. Maybe... Probably like her manager, like, or not manager, because she didn't have one. Did like she? a nanny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just so like, tough. Oh, God. Um, so anecdotes from this time suggest that during her performances in London, her husband um, would force her to perform despite her being too unwell to do so. So people were just seeing her like fucked up on stage. Yeah, yeah. I think there was some moments where she probably shined, but... Yeah, far between. exactly. She was not well at this time. Um, and on the morning of June 22nd, Mickey woke up and realized Judy wasn't in bed. He knocked on the bathroom with no answer, and she was eventually found dead in her bathroom from an accidental overdose at age 47. Oh, my God. She was so much younger than I thought. When you see pictures of her, she looks so much older than, than 47. 47. Like, you would never guess I was a 47-year-old. She looks like she's, like... 
I mean, really old. And she got really, really thin towards the end of her life, too. Yeah, and like her hair was thinning right, but she wore like really heavy eye makeup, like a dark, dark look. Exactly. So um, by the time of her death, it had been seven years since Judy Garland had starred in her last film, but right up until the end, she never stopped working. Mm. So her body was flown to New York. Uh, The funeral was Friday, June 27th. Um, It was a star-studded affair. Frank Sinatra went, Cary Grant, Lauren Bacall. I found something that her daughter, not Liza Minnelli, but the other daughter, said that on the way back from her mom's funeral in New York, Mickey, her husband, when she died, made them stop by an office building, and she realized later he was going in to have a meeting about writing a book on the day of his wife's funeral. Yeah. How do people get like this? I don't know. What can make you so evil that like... Trash, 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 not not for for us. us. Not for us. It's crazy. God, these poor kids too that just have to witness their parents being trash humans. Like, And I know Liza Minnelli, I think, has had her own struggles, but like she's really crushed it in life too. She sure has. She's an icon. So She's still alive? Yes. Okay. Yes, I believe so. Um, Yes. You guys will let us know. Yeah, let us know. As always, a little bit of homework for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I feel like she's done really well. I don't know where her other two kids are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it was a star studded affair, but thousands of non stars flooded around the funeral home. According to the New York Times, the demographics ran the gamut elderly women, weeping young men, teenage girls, housewives, nuns, priests, beggars, cripples, and hippies. The gay men in the crowd <laughs> recognized one another, and they weren't in a dark bar. Um, dark bar or a self-contained concert hall. They were out on the street in the middle of the day together, and they were all united for the same purpose. Cut to later that night, the Stonewall, the Stonewall riots happened. Oh my God. That same night? The same night. So if you guys don't know about Stonewall riots, back at the time, obviously being gay, being who you are was illegal, and they would do raids on these gay bars. And the, we we should do the Stonewall riots for yeah, an episode. Yeah. Evan has recommended it. Yes. We should just do it. I think we should too. So they you would have to have like a code name to get in, a pseudonym. And it was said that Judy Garland was like the most chose pseudonym for oh, getting in there. I, I know. Chose again. So several LGBTQ historians have said that there's lack of evidence to connect the two events, like the Stonewall riots, which like I don't think Judy Garland started the Stonewall riots, but others say that while her funeral may not have been directly, may not have directly caused the uprising, the outpouring of grief at her passing heightened emotions among the community. Quote, people who say that it trivializes Stonewall to say that it's connected to Judy Garland don't understand how stars and other cultural objects can have tremendous meaning. And um, a woman said that on You Must Remember This. I totally agree. Like how how can it not in a way exactly? God damn! And that's that's so sad. Judy Garland. Wow, Judy Garland. That's so sad. But iconic. But what a life, and like what a beautiful story of just like perseverance and kind of not giving a fuck about. Like I'm sure people were not saying nice things about her time and time again, and then she was like, "Cool, I'm now gonna do a show, and I'm gonna like reinvent myself." Time and time again, she reinvented herself, and like. The things she survived was incredible. Physically and emotionally. Everything. I mean, no wonder by 50, like, you're just, like... Exhausted. Well, Liza Minnelli... She probably felt like 100. Liza Minnelli was like, my mom didn't overdose. She just got tired. I know. Oh. 
And that's like, God, I feel like there's probably so much more information and this like, we only have so much time, but I'm sure other podcasts have like six parts on her, but like... Just, yeah, go look at some Judy Garland pictures and videos today. I know. Now I'm tempted. Like, now I want to watch all of the clips and yes. just try to see what the hell people are talking about. I don't understand. And just like, she just serves so much better. Again, it's like one of the ones that's the first of your kinds and it's always the toughest road. I know. But like, she'll be talked about forever and she'll be honored and As always respected. But hey, it doesn't make it any better. No, it doesn't. what they did to her. Louis B. Mayer, like. Ew. Ew. I wonder what his like kids do. He his grandson was on the um, documentary that I watched for my first episode. Oh, that's and he was right. kind of like my grandpa was a like not a good guy. I think he knows that. Like I'm sure he loved him because he was his grandpa, mm-hmm. but like he must have known. Dark, dark. So yeah. Anyways, hope you guys have a great day. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey. I just feel sad for all the women. I mean, too. Like, whenever we do a story like this, like, even after Whitney or Selena, you're just like, it's so different on the inside than what we see on the outside with celebrities. Like, it's really not a life that, like, you want to be that famous and that, like, it's not a life. It's not a good life. Again, like, for what? For what? You're not even rich from it. It's crazy. You can't even, like, take care of your kids. Like, your kids can't even be with you. Like, God. And then it's like, (sighs) that's all she knew. Because it was like forced onto her. I know. So sad. I know. But hey, history is for learning. So we do not keep repeating. Now we know better. Or yeah, we know better. We do better. We do better. That's right. And that's what we're here to tell you guys. Exactly. Well, that was beautiful, Claire. Thank you. Don't Uh, know where we just went on that one. I loved it. And and I love that joint. Me too. I mean, I'm smoking a little more right now. As we will. As we always do. Why not? All right, Ramies. Um, follow us on Instagram at Right Answers Mostly and join our Patreon for $7.99. Uh, please like our TikToks also. Please. Just please, like them. Just for our ego. Please. It'd be nice. <laughs> but hey, and give us a five-star review. Uh, that's okay. all we ask of you. We'll see you next Monday. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.